0: Brand You magazine and podcast exist to inspire, motivate, and invigorate women to step into their businesses as truly themselves. Full of real-life stories, practical solutions, and inspirational ideas from fellow entrepreneurs. Each issue has a different theme that showcases the many values, beliefs, and morals that women build their businesses around today. So, be your business and brand you. Welcome to the profesh issue of Brand New Magazine. In this issue, we're celebrating women with typically professional career paths who have had success by going a little or a lot left field, and in doing so, have broken down many of the stereotypical norms of their industry. Welcome to the Tooniverse and misfit entrepreneur herself, Kate Toon. She is a wonder woman of words and a CEO of SEO. We get really real, break down the urban legends of creative copy and how you can embrace your inner rebel. Allow me to introduce the legend herself. Here's Kate. Right, we're going to jump right on in here. For those who don't know who you are, Kate Toon, they've obviously been under a rock, but can you give us a bit of an introduction to who you are and where your career started and what you were doing initially?
1: I think I've been under a rock Today, as well. So, forgive me if this is a bit babbly. So, who am I? I am Kate Toon. I am the founder of Stay Tuned, which is a collection of digital education companies. Now, there are three companies within my company, if that makes sense. But uh, it's been a long road to get here. So, I'm 12 years into running my own business. Before that, I worked in events, digital marketing, advertising at some big agencies like Ogilvy and advertising.com, both here and in the UK. And then I went freelance about, yeah, 12 years ago. I know that because I had my son in my tummy. I was five months pregnant and I knew I wasn't going to get maternity leave. So I took a leap of faith. I started katoon.com and the rest, as they say, is history. But I'm sure we'll dig into some of that history today.
0: This episode and this, this issue is all about professionals who have taken a kind of a bit of a left-hand turn in whatever way that's shape or form that is taken for them. So what made you embrace your inner misfit entrepreneur and take your career off the beaten path a little bit?
1: Well, I think in the early years, I didn't do that. So when I started, you know, I wanted to be a copywriter. I wanted to just earn money, I think. So I did a little bit of everything, but I think copywriting was the thing that I felt like I could make money in. So I looked at everyone else, I looked at their websites, and I just literally was inspired by she says doing air fingers i literally copied their formula you know um and created a similar website all copywriters are required to have a picture on their home page of their hands hovering over a keyboard so i got the picture of the hands a nice picture of me in a jumper with my hand under my chin looking like a copywriter and it it was okay you know i did that for a couple of years Then I kind of sort of thought, well, SEO is a thing. I'm doing rather well at SEO. I'm ranking number one for like hundreds of keywords. I could teach people that. I could niche down. But that was still very vanilla and very normal and professional. And then even when I started the recipe for SEO success and the clever copywriting school, which was about six years in, coinciding with my son going to school, Again, I was very normal and professional and I hid behind those brands because I thought no one's going to take an SEO course seriously if they know I'm behind it. I know that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but it, and, you know, no one's going to want to join a clever copywriting school if they know that it's led by me. And that's such self-doubt and imposter syndrome. Really, it's only been the last three or four years that I've started to kind of embrace my inner misfit. Writing the book was a big part of that. And it came from necessity because I am odd. And I spent a long time trying to pretend I'm not odd and it's exhausting. It's exhausting trying to turn up and be someone you're not. And so it was a, it wasn't like a hairpin turn. It was a gentle, slow arc towards being myself. Um, And it's taken a few years to fully immerse myself in myself, which sounds very self-absorbed, but you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Well, you were actually on Clubhouse this morning and you said that someone had described you as deliciously bonkers.
1: Yes. I sat with that for a bit and I was like, is that a good thing? Can you be smart and pass on ideas and, you know, have people buy your products if you're bonkers? Do you know what I mean? But I think it's a term of endearment because there's loads of people out there who know about SEO and copywriting and digital marketing. There's loads of people who've written books and the more odd you are, I mean, you're pretty odd, Rowena. Come on. I'll own that. Yep. I'll bring it on. And and all all the best people are, the people who don't take themselves too seriously Clubhouse is a great example. I, I'm in so many rooms that are just full of, hey girlfriend, kind of people, or seven-figure entrepreneurs, and you know, cliched lines, and 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 it just very quickly becomes boring. And the people that I'm attracted to are the odd, are the oddbods, the misfits, the unusual types. And, uh, and therefore, for me, being my true self is is challenging and interesting, but it's. It's much more enjoyable. And I'm a, a big believer that my business should be enjoyable. Otherwise, what's the point? I may as well go and work at
0: Woolworths. Yeah, right. And at least then you might get a decent discount on groceries. Exactly. <laughs> and this feels like it steps really into that whole push and pull between a personal brand and a professional brand that a lot of people who have come from a corporate space, they struggle with that. They really struggle with that their biggest value often is inside them not defined by what other people are telling them and what space they need to fit into. Do you see that a lot with the people that come through your courses and come to work with you?
1: Yes. I mean, I think everyone's banging on about personal branding at the moment. And I think it's a real challenge for a lot of people because, you know, true personal branding is about understanding your values. Yes. What you stand for, what you won't stand for, but it's also understanding your brand personality and not just the good bits like, you know, If we were all to put our best self out there, we would all be professional and knowledgeable and, you know, authoritative and creative, but we're also, um, you know, impatient and jaded and a bit bitter and sarcastic and, you know, short-tempered. And the true personal brands embrace both the good and the bad. And as I said, with the slightly bonkers, lots of professional people would be appalled to be described that way because they would worry that you as I said that you can't be that and also make money but you really really can and um, so I do find that people coming from a corporate background or even just an introvert background find it very hard to put them full selves out there online they really struggle with it and I understand why because it's scary you know and some people are going to not like it and the problem is is If you put a product out there and people don't like it, well, that's okay, because it's separate from you. If you put yourself out there, your true self with all your lumps and bumps and weirderies, and people don't like it, well, then they are actually saying, I don't like you. And that takes a lot of confidence to go, well, jog on, mate. I don't like you either. Or that's your problem. (laughs) You know, I'm not for you. Brilliant. There will be somebody out there for you. And that's, I think, what the scary thing is about taking the left turn as you're talking about in this issue
0: i'm officially putting the word weirderies into my vocabulary because <laughs> that is just awesome It feel like it sums up me in so many ways and it sums up so many of the people i find that i attract as well like those people that have those quirks and celebrate them are my kind of people
1: yeah and this is it and you make the thing with weirderies is you make an immediate connection. Like we've only spoken a number of times and yet I feel like I know you so well already, really like you. I know we'd have a good time if we went out. And that is important because, you know, if you're vanilla and you're only kind of, you know, you're very serious and you're very professional and you're very capable, I may appreciate you. I may admire you, but I'm probably not gonna like you that much. I'm probably not gonna trust you that much. And if I don't like you and I don't trust you, then I'm much less inclined to buy from you or want to have any kind of business relationship with you.
0: And I feel like it's a big thing when it comes to branding, like being a graphic designer myself. So many people use a brand as something to hide behind. And that's perfectly okay if that's what the space that you want to be in and stuff like that. But I believe Suze Chadwick, who is now my coach and also was in the last issue, she really says that you know there's two people in this world if you've got a voice that you want to share then you're going to have to find a way to get comfortable into that space you know you're going to have to start to embrace your wordaries or embrace like the things that make you different and stuff like that and figure out a way that you're comfortable to step into that space if you really you have a voice and you have things you want to be heard
1: yeah which is what I just said so <laughs> Susan I are on the same page
0: <laughs> yeah so um you have many strings to your business, bow. You offer a range of services. I know that you've been in this for 12 years. And I feel like another thing that you said on Clubhouse recently as well is that you actually have to find something that you're happy to be talking about for years to come because this isn't just a now thing. It's, it's a forever thing for the people that are all in. What is your favorite thing right now? I, I imagine it's very different to what it was when you first started out. What's your favorite thing about your business?
1: Yeah, just to caveat that thing about finding something you can talk about forever, I don't think it's forever. I think it's for a serious amount of time. I think a lot of people come up with ideas and they try them for three months and then they drop them. So when I'm talking about a serious amount of time in the business world, I think that's probably one, two, three years. You know, you have to spend a good two, three years building something before you can let it go and move to the next stage. And I don't think it's about completely pivoting. I know I said pivot, I apologise every two minutes. It's more of a Madonna-esque evolution. You know, we all love Madonna. We remember Donna. She's had many different phases in her personality. Katy Perry is another example. I love using pop stars, but they're still essentially Katy Perry and Madonna. So for me, I feel like it is a Madonna kind of evolution. Started off as a copywriter, moved, became very well known for SEO, then got a bit fed up with that and wanted to be known for copywriting again then moved into speaking, now it's kind of digital marketing. And now, you know, I'm not entirely sure what I'm known for. And I think that's my little journey at the moment to kind of work that out. What I love about at the moment, I think, is I don't know. Like I love the variety. I love the creativity. I love helping people. But, you know, I don't know Rowena, to be honest. And I think it, I want to admit that. Like I'm 12 years in and I don't know who I want to be next or what my brand represents even the Misfit Entrepreneur brand. I mean, I wrote that book five years ago, you know, and I've sold a lot of copies of it, but it's, it's not even true to where I'm at right now. You know, back then I was saying, oh, I don't need a team and I don't need this. Now I have a team. So it's a constant evolution. But if you build a good personal brand, people will come along for the ride, regardless of what you're talking about, what you're doing, what your products are. People are connected to you the human not you the logo and I think that's the key so that gives me a bit of space this year to work out who I want to be when I grow
0: up. You know? <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to grow up um, and I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with that and I think what you've, you've hit the nail on the head it's allowing yourself that space and business to adapt and grow and not necessarily be sold and so strict on yourself that you know you go oh but you know it's a waste of time if I go this other way nothing's a waste of time if it's something you're passionate about and it's something that you want to learn about it's not a waste yeah. of time and it sounds a
1: bit conflicting because on the one hand I'm saying think of a thing do it for a while you know sing your one song for a while be known for that but then on the other I'm, I'm saying you can do whatever you like because you're a personal brand and it is a bit like it is fluid I love to have a plan I do. I love to have a plan, but I don't like to get too attached to it. Um, So at the moment, I'm honestly taking my business day by day. And I think that's an impact of COVID in 2020. Um, I just, today, I've got, I was just telling you before we started chatting that I've got a horribly busy week. I'm reframing that. I've got a delightfully full week of things. So this week, I'm not even, I haven't got time to think about what my brand is or who I'm serving or what my values are. I just need to get my bum on the seat and do the things. And I think sometimes we can be a bit navel-gazy and we could overthink this too much. And, you know, we have our mood boards and our brand charts and our, you know, and even just no disrespect, but our business coaches and whatever. And we're just thinking about ourselves so much and it can get quite self-involved. A lot of that being successful in business is just turning up. And getting through the bleeding day, you know, persisting (laughs) and doing the best you can. And I know that doesn't sound glamorous or or, or intellectual, but it's the reality, I suppose, after 12 years of doing this. Not every day is exciting and branded and thoughtful and value-filled. A lot of days are just kind of doing the do, you know?
0: The grind. The grind, but it's fun. You've got to
1: enjoy the struggle. And
0: I do enjoy the struggle. And I think that's really important. Now, from listening to you on, Clubhouse and podcast and Instagram. I know you have a wealth of knowledge on a variety of topics. And with 12 years and doing that ebb and flow of different things that you've dipped your toes into and jumped full feet first into as well, I'm going to fire some questions at you because I've had a lot of people go, Oh my God, you've got Kate on I can't wait to hear this episode. So I'm like, You know what? Instead of doing like this big, broad theme, I want to get your take on a variety of things so that people get some really nice snappy takeaways okay so clubhouse is the new kid on the block it's kind of been around long enough for us to like get a bit of a vibe for if it's for us or not but there's still some people that go what the hell's clubhouse can you give us like the purpose of it and maybe some of the highs and lows or your hints and tips around if clubhouse is for you
1: yeah, so I've got a little seven-day guide that I can give you the link to, which kind of explains a bit more of the what, the why, the how. And um, Essentially, it's a an audio-based social media platform. So it's a bit like Zoom, but you can't see each other. You know, you can just see a little thumbnail of the person. And the, without the video aspect of Zoom, it generally allows people to be a bit freer and to talk more openly. It's kind of like podcasts, the intimacy and the closeness of a podcast you know you really, really love a podcast a person and you've listened to them week after week and you feel like they're your best friend it's like a bit like that and it te- it's really great for introverts because obviously you're not on camera you know I've done some fantastic clubhouse rooms in the bath walking the dog in my on the bed you know it doesn't matter no one has to know so I think that's the kind of the what of it in terms of how it's useful for your business Look, I think at the moment it's useful for people who have things to say, who are coaches, who are thought leaders, who want to be known for their brand, for their thing. I'm not sure it's quite as useful for service-based businesses, unless, again, they're willing to step out in front of their brand and have an opinion about something. You know, you can't just turn up and go, I'm a graphic designer and stop talking you have to be i'm a graphic designer that fundamentally believes that we should not be using canva you know or something contrarian you know you have to be known for something and it's also about offering a lot of value and the issue with that is people who have the time to offer that kind of value and invest in clubhouse generally are already quite successful anyway you know because they got the time to spend five hours a day on clubhouse what you know what are you doing You know, (laughs) don't me have any work to do. So at the moment, it seems to be a lot of coaches. I mean, I think they said today there's now 10 million people on Clubhouse, which is still tiny compared to the other platforms. Um, Most dreams, it's the same people turning up each time. For me, it's been very useful for that kind of top of funnel, brand awareness, you know, I've, I've interacted with people all over the world who've never heard of me before. They've then signed up to my email, joined my Facebook group, downloaded my thing. And a few of them have then joined my coaching program, my membership. So it has worked. The full flow has worked. But I think anybody who sits here and says it's exactly for this. I think they're talking out of their bum because we don't know yet. We've got to wait and see. At the moment, it's a bit of an indulgence and I'm pulling back a little bit this week because at the end of the day, I've got to serve the people who've already given me money rather than giving away all my goodness to those who haven't.
0: (laughs) No, but it's, it's cut straight to it because I felt very much the same as well. Like there's definitely a part of me that's still thinking about how I could use it to step into a space has some really interesting conversations and almost use it as a research platform like I think you've really got to define when you go onto a new platform what the purpose is going to be for you rather than going oh well this person uses it for this so I'm going to do the same thing I'm at a sort of to use the favorite word again a pivotal point in my business where I'm looking at doing some left turning myself basically and I'm realizing that I'd like to be in contact with more people. I'm looking at it in that way. So I feel like by giving it a a purpose that suits where you're at rather than just jumping in and being overwhelmed or wasting all the time or whatever, just go in with a very specific, very targeted goal.
1: But it's like, you know, when you go into Netflix and someone has given you a recommendation of a show and you go straight to it and you start watching it and you maybe watch three episodes to decide whether it's for you or not. And then boom, off you go. If you go to Netflix and you're not really sure what you want to watch, you can be scrolling around and clicking on things for an hour. And that's what Clubhouse can be like. So, you know, I've got a specific question about my podcast. I'm going to go to a podcast room. I'm going to sit there and wait because I want to get the answer from the person. You know, otherwise you will just kill time listening to a lot of noise I mean a lot of people do flaff on on that platform saying just You know, stuff you've heard a million times before, but you feel like, oh, I'm on a platform. I'm engaging. Look, I'm on the stage. So look at me building up my brand. You're not building up your brand. You are procrastinating. You probably already know the answer and the hour you've just spent would have been spent a lot better writing an email to your existing audience or, you know, doing some financial stuff and balancing your books or cleaning up your desktop you know, so I'm using it a lot when I'm doing non-work things, walking the dog, washing the dishes. That's a good time for me to be on Clubhouse. 11 o'clock on a Monday, nah, -uh, I'm going to be working then, you know, because uh, at the moment, I think there are possibly more effective ways to build your brand. But, you know, other people are on there 24-7. So, you know, it's it's all horses for courses, as they say.
0: Now, I'm going to be really, really honest with this next question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm a bit of a web noob. And when I first went into business for myself, I had to Google what the F SEO was. Don't worry, most people feel like that. So, can you give us a, a really brief rundown and why it should be our business BFF versus being this big intimidating thing? Why should it be something that we actually look at investing in?
1: SEO is quite simply making Google fall in love with your website so it's got a long list of things it's looking for i compare it to the bachelor you know he's got 20 websites to choose from but he knows that he wants one that's fast that loads really well that looks good on his mobile that's nice colors that's easy to read and that gets to the point that's what he wants in his ideal web bachelor partner and so that you know there's 200 or so things that google are looking for and most of them are common sense because google is based on human interaction so what what humans want Google wants, you want a fast site, not a slow site. It's common sense, 95% of it is common sense. So why should it, is it important? Well, they say that something around 70% of all transactions of any kind, and I mean someone approaching you as a graphic designer for services to someone buying a jumper on ASOS, all transactions, 70% of them start with a Google search. They don't start on Instagram. They don't start on Facebook or Clubhouse. If I want to go and buy something and I have that conversion intent, or even if I just want to know something and I have that informational intent, where do I go? I go to Google. I go to Google. So if you are not ranking well on Google, you may as well not really be on the internet. Just think to yourself, when was the last time you typed in a full URL? I just don't do it. Even if I, if I wanted to find you, I wanted to find your contact details, first thing I'm gonna do is go to type your name into Google. And so you better have that homepage all about you. Even if I wanna to go to the Nike site, I'm gonna type Nike into Google rather than Nike.com into the browser. So it's just about, it's, it's where most of your traffic is coming from anyway. And yet unfortunately, I think a lot of people spend a lot of time on Instagram, a lot of time on Facebook, and just neglect SEO and then wonder why they're not making money in their business because they are essentially marketing often to their peers, or marketing to people who don't have the money and who are not their ideal client. So,
0: yeah, that's why SEO is very important. It's a very big part about why I became disenchanted with social media over the last couple of years. And it's really come down to working out where my time is best invested and, where, and then where my marketing dollars are best invested and in figuring out what's the balance between the two. And I have to be honest, I'm seriously looking at taking a big shift away from Instagram and stuff and moving more into a LinkedIn space and moving into these different spaces where I'm having conversations or I can, you know, step into a different space with the right people. And I feel like that's so true.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you used the best word, you used invest, it's not spend time, it's invest time. And, you know, no disrespect to Instagram. I mean, that's how we met through Instagram. I think it's a great place to make connections. I think it's a great place to have some fun and be creative. Is it the best place for your business to make money? I can't answer that. You know, maybe if you're a product-based business or a graphic designer, yeah, maybe because it's very visual. As a copywriter, as a business coach, am not so sure. I think there's probably other places I'd be better served.
0: Here's a good question. So this is a question I'm going to chuck in a couple of curveballs as well. You call yourself the Misfit Entrepreneur because you're odd. Hmm. How odd are you really? Can you give us three things that people would find a little bit odd about you?
1: Oh, now that's going to be on the spot and I'm going to just sound like totally unodd. I have a bath in my back garden uh, that's plumbed in called the Toon Bath of course it's called the to- toon tub so um that's pretty cool uh, my main food groups are crisps and coffee i can play the recorder with my nose i just learned to drive that's kind of one thing i don't know if it, if i'm odd in, like i'm walking around wearing wellies and a tutu kind of odd <laughs> but i think you know some people in in life i feel like the narrator so i often feel like or that, you know, Morgan Freeman is narrating in the back of my head, you know. so Kate was late. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I have a wry smile when I'm looking at things, or I see things in a different way to other people. Now, that probably isn't true, and I'm just sitting here thinking I'm some special butterfly, and I'm, I'm not. But, you know, I see a lot of people on social media, on Clubhouse, on everything, being very this. And I always feel like, well, I'm not this, I'm that. And I guess that's all it is, it's being slightly contrarian. Um, when everyone else is going this way, I just have a natural inclination to want to go the other way. And sometimes it's not a good idea. Or I should be going the way they're going, but I just can't help myself. So I think it's more about not being like everybody else or desperately not wanting to be like everybody else as well.
0: And it's kind of a rebel mindset in a way as well.
1: Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, a bit of a rebel.
0: Yeah. A rebel. I, I'm always that person when you know, people jump onto the bandwagon of a new book or a new series or new whatever, I'm always that one that I'm just like, eh, nah, too cool for that. And then, like, 12 months down the track, I'm always like, oh, my God, I'll cave. And I hit, ha-
1: oh, we- <laughs> that's what I was like with Clubhouse. I spent at least a day poo-pooing it and saying, oh, another platform. And now, look at me now. I'm completely suckered in. So, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm some wacky-ducky doodle, but, you know, I think there's lots of kind of, I kind of put it across as, you know, the kind of pencil skirt wearing court shoe entrepreneur that has a business plan and nice hair and is very serious and blows confetti on Instagram. That's just not me. Um, and that's fine. And and I totally get those people who do like to blow confetti. But
0: yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just what? babbling like a loon. <laughs> <laughs> and What would you say are some of the things that you've seen From showing up as yourself, what would you say are some of the biggest impacts you've seen in your business or in yourself?
1: In myself, it's the confidence. I mean, you just stop giving as many Fs, to be honest, and that comes with age as well. But, you know, I know that my brand could be a lot more popular. I could get a lot more people in my coaching memberships and my courses if I were a bit more straightforward and if I followed the path that a lot of other female entrepreneurs follow. I can't, I don't, and therefore, you know, I don't have 20,000 followers on Instagram and I don't have blah, 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 blue blah, blah, But the people who do seem to like me, like me harder. And also they stay around. I've had members in my membership six years, coming up to seven years. That's a long-term commitment. And also while my lists and my followings aren't big, my income is bigger than some of the fancy pants entrepreneurs because people will buy more than one thing from me you know so the loyalty is better so you get more i guess die hard friends from being yourself than kind of you know indifferent followers you know like you can have 10,000 followers on instagram good for you but how many of those people are actually handing over Cold, hard cash, month after month, year after year. That's what really matters. And that's what a lot of people don't like to talk about. You know, the reality behind the numbers, really.
0: I know a lot of people are confronted about really discovering who they are to put it out there as well. And I know I was one of them. But the inner 10-year-old in me is like totally fist pumping these days. Like she is rocking out.
1: Yeah, totally. And I love that. I mean, that's it. You know, it's like we come full circle back to the person that we were before the world told us we couldn't be that person. And that's just joyful, you know, because yeah. I, I was like you, like 10 to 14. I was cool as, I was really happy with myself. And then the world slowly chips away at that confidence until you just you don't know who you are. And then, I, you know, as you get a bit older, you build that back up again. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to be roller skating around the kitchen in my knickers and I can still do that and be a thought leader and make money, and that's okay. Yeah. And um, I love that. I love your
0: ten-year-old analogy. That is fantastic. Well, my ten-year-old was a badass. Like she literally thought the the world was at her feet. She saw like big plans for like me being this like uber successful, super confident person. And like with you, what you said, teenage years chipped away at me. But any time now, I feel like I worry about what other people think or what other people say or any of those things. I just literally imagine her standing in the corner with her hands on her hips, shaking her head at me.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I like to think, would 10-year-old me be proud of me now? Mm. And I think, I think she would. You know, I've got a dog, I always wanted a dog. I've got my little tomb cave in the back garden. I've got a cute little car. I get to be creative every single day. I've got nice friends, nice son. You know, if you actually do ask what would 10-year-old me think of me, it actually sweeps away a lot of the ego-based nonsense. Mm-hmm. Oh, would she care that I have 20,000 Instagram followers? No, she'd think Instagram was lame, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know I and mean? um, Would she care that I was speaking at this virtual summit? No. You know, it's like the 10-year-old you is the you that really understands what matters. Yeah. Having a dog, having, a you know, some cool roller skates, being able to cook whatever you want for your own dinner. Wow. I mean, remember that. Just think of that. We can make whatever we want for dinner tonight. We don't have to ask
0: anybody. We could even have cake if we wanted to. There is literally nobody stopping us from having cake.
1: This is it. That's what we should remember in life. We can have our cake and eat it whenever we like.
0: Yeah. And now to to link that into copywriting, you hear so many people say, isn't it? um, Your About page is the second most visited page on your website. Yeah? Yeah. How important is to put some of those elements and some of that storytelling into your About Us page?
1: I think, you know, the about page being the second most popular page is, is one of those things that's just wheeled out as a stat. Most people, if you look at their site, it's actually not true, but it sounds, sounds really, really good. But it is a highly visited page. I think the thing is, your homepage is the most visited page. So that's where, the, that's where you should start. That's where you should start telling people who you are. Your about page, you know, there's some argument about it's not really about you, it's about your customers and what you can do for them, but it's both. Yeah, but what I like to have, I think, on some people's sites is it's great to have either like a brand story page or a speaker page. But the thing is, this is the problem. Every word you write should be you. Every picture, every graphic, every social media post. It's not like going, oh, this is my about page. So I'm going to start telling people about my values and my perspective. No, no. Uh-uh. I should be able to tell from the first couple of lines on your homepage who you are, what you do, why you do it better than anybody else, what you stand for, what you don't stand for, what makes you funny, what makes you interesting, what makes you smart. It should be every page, every piece of content, every image, every photo, every design. And this is it. You know, it's not a checkbox to be ticked. If we're truly our own personal brand, then everything we do is on brand because we are ourselves and that's it. We don't need to go back and check our brand guidelines to say, do we say this? It's just whatever we say is us.
0: Yeah. Now jumping back to a little bit of a silly question, because I like chucking some curveballs in here. And this feels like one of my drunken conversation questions that I always (laughs) love having with people. If you were an animal, what animal would you be?
1: I think I'd be a hamster. I love hamsters and they're really cute. And I love all the little tubes that you can get for hamsters. So probably maybe a hamster. They're also pretty vicious when they want to be. Um, so, yeah, hamster, I reckon.
0: Yeah, they've got that cute outside and they're sort of a bit fierce on the inside, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and they can get a lot in their cheeks, which I just think is an empty <laughs> life.
0: I saw something on TikTok. I'll just say once you get onto animal TikTok, there's like That's hours awesome. of your life gone.
1: <laughs> and, and well invested. That is a good investment in your time. <laughs>
0: And it's always the animals that are a little bit left field that just have me cracking up. There's the swearing cockatoos and stuff like that just make me so happy. So happy. I just saw
1: a great meme the other day of someone holding a hamster up to the camera just saying, why is my hamster so ugly? And it really was the ugliest hamster in the world. And I don't know why. That was just like the best thing I've seen on the internet in a long time. Um, you know, these that's what makes the internet special and fun. We need more of that in what we
0: do. Ugly hamsters. Well, everyone, I feel like everyone needs a little bit of that in their real life every day as well. Like, you know, if you can show up and make laugh or you can show up and make cry or you can show up and, like, give them something to laugh at.
1: (laughs) We're all human. You know, we're not just on the internet to be, I heard the expression this morning, apex entrepreneurs, which I'd never heard before. And I'm like, really? You know, we don't all need to be velociraptors of business all the time. Sometimes we need to be a diplodocus um, and just enjoy chewing through the internet slowly I don't know I've gotten to dinosaurs now
0: see I told you <laughs> I <was there. laughs> see, this is why this is why I love listening to you talk in any instance we all, I'm exactly the same I'm I've got shiny objects ah. syndrome yeah squirrel 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 <laughs> <laughs> my nickname at one of my bar jobs I think it might have had a little bit to do with the amount of red bull I consumed was hammy you know the the one from over the hedge where he's just like give him some sugar and he's just like everywhere that's me
1: i I like the dog from up quite
0: a lot of the time yeah yeah he's awesome as well now a lot of people say to me oh i love your website i have actually read it from beginning to end and that to me is one of the biggest compliments because it's actually been one of the biggest investments i also made as well because i recognized that the part that i enjoyed was the the first draft And the rest of it, I really couldn't be bothered with. Like it was just too nitty gritty. I needed someone to come in with the expertise and it's been worth every single penny. And it's constantly the the cost that I allow for now. In that situation, yeah, it's been invaluable and I am still using that content and repurposing it to this day. What are some of the top values that you would place for if people say, should I actually hire a copywriter and what's it even going to do?
1: Um, Well, I think the thing is we all think we can write just like we all think we have a fantastic sense of humour and an amazing dress sense, but we don't, you know, we don't. Most of us can't write and we need someone to come back and just clean up our writing. Most of us make typos. Our sentences ramble on. We don't pick the most interesting adjectives. So all it does is, you know, copywriter enables you to sound like you, but the you that you hear in your head, you know that you hear your head and oh, or you have a dream and you have this amazing idea and then you come to the piece of paper and try and write it down and you just can't articulate it. It just doesn't come out. I'm the same with design. Like in my, in my mind, I can see how I want the thing to look. And I pick up my pen and I draw it out and it looks like it was done by a badger. Do you know what I mean? Thankfully, I have an amazing graphic designer who takes that badger sketch and turns it into something that does look like I want. But I cannot, I do not have the skill to turn my ideas into designs. And some people do not have the skill to turn their thoughts and their desires and their values or whatever into words. And a good copywriter will be able to pull that all out of you, get the insights and the stories, and also see you in a way that you just can't see yourself. And then turn all of that into prose so that when you read it, you go oh my God, this is exactly how I want to go out into the world. You've just expressed it. Wow, that's what you want. It's that wow feeling of you just got me. And so a true copywriter will ask a lot of questions, will listen a lot, will mirror your language. It will just be slightly better and the full stops will be in the correct place. And they know how to use a semicolon, which is like a superpower. So, you know, most people don't know.
0: My superpower is dashes. I know how to use dashes properly.
1: Yeah. Do you know how to use an em dash? I mean, that's next level. I don't yeah. even know that. And I get paid a lot of money to write copy. But even I have an editor. You know, I have an editor for my copy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not everything. A lot of the things I write myself. But even I need someone to tidy up my writing. And I write all the time. So we can all use a bit of help.
0: My, my, um, one of my managers taught me about in dashes. And it was in the most logical way ever. A normal dash joins two words together. An N dash, E-N, is for numbers, N for numbers. So it's what you do when you're joining dates or numbers together. And an M dash replaces a comma.
1: Oh, I like that. Connects to related thoughts. Yeah, I like that.
0: Very good. Yeah. Well done, Marina. Gold Big star, pat at the bottom, boom, boom. I'll take that. I've got my little shiny gold star on and feeling rather chuffed with myself. I was the gold star girl at school. I was nothing better than a gold star. Seriously,
1: I might buy myself a pack today just to make myself feel better.
0: Right? I want those ones. There was actually these stickers I saw out a while ago where it was like stickers for adults. Like, yeah, you did the dishes. Good for you. Yeah, you brushed your teeth. Well done. That's what
1: we need. That's the whole thing. Writing stuff on your to-do list you've already done. We all need that. You know, that feeling of completion and affirmation. It's very it's like important.
0: You drank your water quota for the day. Woohoo! <laughs> 100%. <laughs> you didn't mutter under your breath while your children were being shits. Good on you. Keep it up. This is,
1: and I think this is a really important bit of business that people don't understand. Most of us are still little kids hoping that someone at the end of the day is going to say, good job, Ruina." good job and sometimes we'll even pay business coaches and mentors to tell us that so you're doing okay you're doing a really good job and and even though we know to ourselves that we already are sometimes we do just need that pat on the bottom it's very hard to pat your own bottom every single day and keep yourself going you know motivation and persistence is the hardest thing in business you know you can get your processes your pricing your positioning all of that sorted but getting up every day and doing the same do it's really challenging
0: Now, to to chuck in my last favorite question, like that's another little curveball, this one I love. If your industry became illegal tomorrow, like you couldn't work doing anything that you've done in your industry, what would be your job? What would you go out and and do?
1: I've always wanted to open like a yurt farm, like have a field with loads of yurts in it and uh, just have people come and stay in the yurts. I think that and then I think, well, I don't really like people. So that would be bad. So I might just have the yurt farm and not have anyone in them. I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, I ask myself that question every day. If anyone can think of anything I could do instead of what I'm doing, please write write it on a postcard and send it to me because I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I think I'd like to write books at some point, like proper books about real stories, Um, but I'm not quite ready to give up the adrenaline and dopamine of, uh, business life yet so I don't know maybe the yurts but I don't know
0: well, I would definitely be I would love to be a like a craft teacher but Ooh. for adults and like because then I could just sit around and learn all the crafts as well but then people would also be paying me to do it
1: yeah that sounds good I could do that I'm taking your idea I'm gonna, do <laughs> it I'm gonna
0: launch it before you that's what's happening you didn't tell me I I would love it so much because even if nobody turned up, I'd just be sitting there with my own personal instructor going, teach me.
1: I I know, how cool.
0: I would love that. Now for our final wrap-up question, before we uh, let you get back to your crazy busy week of madness without a business manager, what advice would you give someone hesitant to be more themselves in their business and the power it can have?
1: I just think what's the worst that can happen? That would be my advice. Really take it to the nth degree. You know, really go down that rabbit hole of self-doubt and imposter syndrome. you really get muddy in it. You know? What if someone you put something out that's very personal and someone trolls you? So what? You delete the comment, ignore the comment. You know, what if you put something out and people don't like it and they don't buy it? The thing is you can have a vanilla brand and people are not gonna like your stuff and not buy it. Just try to really go through all your individual fears and try and counter them. That would be my advice because everybody who, I don't know one person who hasn't tried to put a bit more of themselves into their business and hasn't found that it's just been revolutionary. Not just because, not really because of the customers, but because it just makes every day so much happier. You turn up every day and you can you can do whatever you like. You can write the most random thing on Facebook and it doesn't matter. You stop judging yourself. You stop being a perfectionist. You stop waiting to get things perfect because you're just you and you like you and you put yourself out there and it just makes your whole day happier. So I, I just really encourage people to give it a try. At the end of the day, if you try being yourself for a year and you don't like it, you can stop and go back to being vanilla, wearing a deck jumper and having your hands over the keyboard like every other copywriter or whatever. And um, you can always reverse it, you know, disappear for a bit, come back, reinvent yourself. But I think once you start, it's it's addictive. It's addictive at liking yourself. It's really rather lovely. And just think, what would ten-year-old you want you to do?
0: That would be my piece of advice. Kate's website, katetoon.com, is jam-packed, full of value-driven freebies. It's hard to even just pick one, but after this episode, I really feel you would all love her personal branding workbook, which will help guide you how to build and grow your own personal brand. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to see more, subscribe to Brand New Magazine over at dubdubdub.com brandyoumagazine.com.au Every three months you will receive the new issue direct to your inbox full of gorgeous design freebies and discounts and interactive links that will allow you to connect with our contributors and check out our Instagram for more inspiration to be your business and brand you